welcome, welcome to Real Job Talk, the podcast with practical advice for mid-career professionals. I'm Kat Troyer. And I'm Liz Bronson. Hi, Kat. Hey, Liz. So today we're super excited to welcome Don Corey. For the last 12 years, Don has been building his coaching and consulting practice using his PhD in human and organization systems to work with leaders and individual contributors on building their presence, improving communication, and productivity. It's this last area where we've asked Don to join us and to talk about his book, When to Say Yes, to help our listeners learn more about being productive, especially in the workplace. Welcome, Don. Please tell us about yourself. It is great to be here. I am excited to have a productive conversation today. (laughs) I would expect nothing else. I have a corporate background. I worked in successful corporate career, leading global software development teams for over 20 years and transitioned into leadership development and coaching and speaking and now writing in the last uh, 10 or 12 years. So I'm so fortunate because I loved my first career and loving what I'm doing now. Awesome. Wonderful. And congratulations on the book. Thank you. It's exciting. That is exciting. So let's start with the basics. Uh, Productivity means a lot of things to a lot of different people. So let's all get on the same page. And what is your definition of productivity? And when you're saying, I'm teaching you to be more productive, what, what is that? What is your goal for them? What does that mean to you? You know, to be productive means to be laser focused on your goals, Mm -hmm. making progress on your goals, and also that feeling that comes along with it, right? We all know that feeling when we are at the top of our game, Mm -hmm. making progress on exactly the things we we want, pushing aside the other things. Mm -hmm. All of that is feeling productive. Such a good Uh, feeling. (laughs) <laughs> it is, isn't it? Isn't it? And it's the opposite. Let's just contrast yes. that mm-hmm. with the feeling of busy or the feeling what the word I'm hearing so much these days is overwhelmed. Yeah. Yeah. That, and that's overwhelmed. such a difference in, in mm-hmm. those two feelings. So we are just thrilled to have you on today to help our listeners, you know, see if they can feel more of the productivity versus the overwhelm. Mm-hmm. Right. But you, you mentioned that like busy, overwhelmed, like sometimes we are busy. There's a lot of littles, right. Versus Mm -hmm. the big, like, Whoa, I really pushed that forward. And, and so how do you navigate the minutia busy and the productivity? Like, like how, how do you differentiate Mm -hmm. when you're talking about Mm -hmm. the two? Mm -hmm. Well, that's really what the book is about because if you think about it as knowledge workers, and I, uh, th- that's the space that your listeners are in, yeah. is we're working with, we're all working with knowledge. Sure. And the requests for our time far exceed our capacity to ever deal with all of them. Mm-hmm. That's not going away anytime soon. Mm-hmm. So, what we really need is a process to know when to say yes to these things, whether they're those small little minutiae things Mm -hmm. or whether they're the the big things, the same process applies. And if we can decide that right up front, then our plate is going to be a lot more manageable, right? Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Totally. Mm -hmm. All right. So you spent 21 years at Fidelity Investments? I did. Yes. And and we can all agree that's a big company, right? (laughs) Relatively big company, you know. So tell us, what are the biggest inefficiencies you see in big companies and how do you suggest and recommend that people get around them? Mm -hmm. 
Well, one big inefficiency for sure is meetings. Yes. Have you ever heard that before? Oh no. my goodness. <laughs> the, the, the days where everything on your calendar is meetings. I mean, how do you work? You know, how do you get work done? You know, mm-hmm. when, when you're just in meetings yeah. all day. So that's another request for your time. That's a pretty mm-hmm. big request for your time because it's very a very specific time usually. Yes. Many other requests are not that specific in terms of the time you need to be there. Yeah. But we, as a corporate society, we really need to ask better questions about the types of meetings we're running. Are the Is the outcome really clearly defined up front? The outcome that we're looking for. Are the right people in the room? We don't want too many people there, but we also don't want people that need to be there missing right. in the meeting. Uh, is the agenda sent out ahead of time? Is there someone assigned to really capture notes and actions? So these are just some you know tips off the top of my head of how we can eliminate that efficiency. But here's the other big inefficiency is people say yes too often. Mm-hmm. And why do we say yes too often? Because we don't like to say no. That's what I uncovered in my research is people don't like to say no. And because we don't like to say no, we end up saying yes um, more than we probably should. And then there's too many things on our plate and we're not doing anything as effectively or efficiently as we could. And so that's why I, you know, originally we talked about when to say no, but people don't want to say no. So I just flip this on its head and put the process in place for when to say yes. So tell us more about that. Okay, sure. And and before I even get into the process, this is not something I just pulled out of the air based on, <laughs> you know, uh, brainstorming one night or even based on my experience or even based on my experience with clients. Mm-hmm. This is research-based where I interviewed C-level executives all around the country and asked them a series of questions all having to do with how do you evaluate requests for your time? Mm-hmm. How do you evaluate requests for your time? And that's kind of the gap that that I saw in productivity systems because the there's so many productivity systems. You guys can, you guys can see the wall behind me. One one whole shelf there is just productivity books. Huge industry. Yes, mm-hmm. it is. And most of them teach us how to deal with what's already on our plate. Mm-hmm. There's nothing really out there that teaches us how to decide what gets on our plate with all of those requests. Mm-hmm. So I just ask five simple questions. Okay. And if you want, I can get into those. And, mm-hmm. and uh, that's, that's where the process comes in. So the title of the book, as you said, Kat, when to say yes, the subtitle mm-hmm. is the five steps to protect your time. Right. So that's what we need to do. We need to protect our most valuable asset, which is our time. Mm-hmm. So the first question is, does it align with my roadmap? So to answer that question, of course, we need to have a roadmap. Mm-hmm. So one of the things I do is walk people through getting a roadmap in place. Don, can you define yeah. roadmap for, for folks who might not be familiar with the term? Sure. And I actually borrow this since we're all tech here from yeah. you know a tech roadmap. And if you think about a technology roadmap, it's uh, laid out... Uh, with time on the horizontal axis and project or activity on the vertical axis. And I'm getting people to think in terms of quarters. So goals in each of these areas um, by quarter, and maybe it spans quarters, maybe it's a little bit shorter, but if we can think in terms of quarters, then we can accomplish quite a bit 
in that time frame if we get really clear. So the the roadmap is a place to put all of our goals in the different categories and have them in one place that's visual for us. Yeah, sounds like uh, Larry L. Lipkins. I was thinking the same thing. Yeah, yeah. we we had a guest who talked about a clarity method to goal setting, and and she's all about the quarters and the like with a vision board, and it's yeah, there it it works because you've got to set your goals in order to achieve them. Yes. Well, I think you know, I think the brilliant thing about what she does is that most people will do a vision board and have everything on it, right? All of the big goals, and what she does is she chunks them down into quarters, and so when you chunk them down into smaller, more doable steps. They seem to be, you know, it, it, it mm-hmm. happens a little bit easier, right? Yes, absolutely. And I actually introduce a goal setting methodology in my book, which which has some things from SMART, but there are some things missing from SMART goals, mm-hmm. which I think most people know that model, that I think are really important that I bring into uh, when developing your roadmap. So, mm-hmm. so that's really cool. The second question is who is asking? So what I've learned from these C-level executives is that they have some sort of what I call a relationship hierarchy Mm. where they will give more weight to a request from certain people. Maybe it's their boss. Wasn't always, by the way. Maybe it was their customer, Mm -hmm. uh, maybe someone else. uh, And they'll give those more weight than to people lower on their relationship hierarchy. So what I help people do is get really crystal clear about what that relationship hierarchy is. The third question is, is it a quality request? We get so many requests Mm -hmm. for our time that aren't fully thought through. And people aren't really fully respectful of our time. And so just an example that I use is the, the best leaders that worked for me at Fidelity were the ones, if I introduced a new project, they would say to me, happy to do that for you, Don. Where does that fit in my priority list? And then we would look at it together and we would either say, you know what? It really doesn't. Thanks for that sanity check. Let's move it aside. Or uh, if it does, then we were pretty clear about what else has to get deprioritized. Mm -hmm. Because here's the other thing I'm going to assume about your listeners, tell me if I'm wrong, is that they have pretty full plates already. You're right. Yep. Okay, good. That was, I was, no, I was going out on a limb on that one. And if they're already full and we're accepting something else, then something's got to give either consciously or subconsciously. I totally agree with that. I do. But I also think it's really hard when you're invited to a meeting with eight people to just be like, yeah, no, I'm piecing out on that one Mm because it's not in my priorities. Like, if you've been requested, talk about saying no, because that's the request, you know, theoretically is from somebody who it's on their roadmap and they want your input. And you're like, yeah, don't want to give it later. Mm-hmm. Like, how do you navigate that? Piece? Well, you have to balance all of these things. So, right. Because the, you know, working in a corporate environment, certainly a lot of the way you get things done is through relationships. Sure. And one of my favorite speakers, Zig Ziglar, says, you can have everything in life you want if you help enough other people get what they want. Mm. Uh-huh. So, so yes, there are certainly times where you have to support other people on their roadmap because then they're in turn going to support you on your roadmap. You have to make those conscious decisions. Right. Um, and here are some other ways to say 
to think about no. One is maybe it doesn't need to be an hour meeting. Maybe we can get this done in 30 minutes or 20 minutes. Mm-hmm. I'm now for, for what used to be 30 minute meetings, I'm setting it at 25 and what used to be hour meetings, setting it at 50 so that, you know, I can have transition time and so uh, make sure I capture some of that. So another option is, can someone else represent you at the meeting? Mm-hmm. And if not, then again, I would get clear about those things we talked about before at the top. Is the outcome clear? Is the agenda clear? Are the right mm-hmm. people in the room? Are we going to really be driving to something? Okay. So yeah, you're right, Liz. It's not easy to say no. Not saying it's easy. Mm-hmm. I'm advocating it's in many cases, the right thing to do. I'm not disagreeing with that. I'm no, she's a fan saying, of saying no. Liz is, oh, Liz is a fan of, of saying no, for sure. <laughs> I've learned that word a lot in the last few years. And I'm, mm. I, I use it with reckless abandon. That yeah. said, it, it's difficult. And, and when you're navigating, especially in a political climate of a bigger company or even a smaller company, and you could, and I want to talk about smaller companies in a second because it's different. Mm-hmm. The, the no is harder, I yeah. feel, than in a, you know, when I'm asked to make brownies for the bake sale. I'm like, yeah, I can't. So sorry. I find someone else. So it's, it's, it's a different kind of no. Any, mm-hmm. any yeah. tips on how to say no gracefully? You know, yes. I can, I can kind of share top of my head. I don't discuss that at all in my book because okay. I think there are, plenty of books out there that are very effective at that. Yep. But like on the brownie question, I may say, uh, you know what, who else would be really good at that and may want to do that? Maybe you could ask them. There's kind of a nice way to redirect. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also say not now. Mm-hmm. So that's a, maybe another way to say yep. no. Maybe it doesn't fit now. Can we revisit this in six months? Actually, I just had a request to take on some new work that really didn't perfectly align with what I wanted to do. So that's exactly what I did. I, yeah. Because I it was interesting. I, I may be interested in the future. And I said, you know what? This is not the right time right now. Could we revisit at the next cycle, which mm-hmm. turned out to be six months? And we'll see. Maybe yeah. things will change then. So that, that that's another... Those are um, good tips. Nice mm-hmm. I Thank think you. that honesty is the best policy, right? So if someone says, can you do this for me? Be like, oh my goodness, my plate is absolutely full right now. Can we punt this a quarter when I, you know, when I'll finish this project? And again, it's about transparency mm-hmm. and communication mm-hmm. yeah. and all those things so that you're not saying, no, what you want just isn't important mm-hmm. to me. It's saying, right. I can't right now, but as you said, maybe so-and-so can help, or maybe we can punt it or something like that so that you're validating their project in whatever way without taking it on. Yes. Some people have been arguing or advocating recently that no is a complete sentence. Yeah. I love that. And I, yeah, I, I don't, I'm not sure. I have difficulty with that because- Because uh, I think there's a more eloquent way Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. of saying no without being Mm -hmm. so uh, crisp about it. So I get the intent. Like, you don't need to explain your whole life to people. I Mm -hmm. certainly agree with that. And maybe there's there's some better ways we can get it. So maybe that'll be a good follow on article. There you go. From from a rapport perspective, certainly. I mean, Mm -hmm. when someone says no to me and they start it with, you know, I'd really love to help you, Kat, but... Mm-hmm. or and yeah. right mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. Yeah. that that's gonna i'm gonna receive that a little bit better than just a no period mm-hmm. yes although there right. are times 
I can't remember what it was, but like someone asked me to do something. I go, that's a hard pass. Like, <laughs> that is just yeah. not happening from me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no hard pass. And like, I wanted to make it clear, but I said it in a way that didn't, wasn't like nasty to them. It was just like, no, I know. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think it depends on who you're talking with too, sure. right? Liz, I can say hell no to you and know that that's cool. Right. For sure. Um, but if I'm in a, if I'm in a business situation right. with the client, they might respond a little differently to me. Right. So it, it's so, all about context. Absolutely. So back to like the whole keeping, protecting yourself and, mm-hmm. and protecting your productivity. We touched upon it with these smaller companies. And I mean, I work with a lot of series A startups, which it's roll up your sleeves and your, you know, chief cook and bottle washer and all those things. So talk about like inefficiencies you see in terms of productivity in smaller companies and what some of your solutions are. Mm-hmm. Well, in, in a smaller company, I would say it's even more important to focus on the essential activities because mm-hmm. it's going to be easy to try to do everything and be everything to everyone. In that case, I would say it really comes back to the roadmap being the big driver. Is this really supporting activity on our roadmap? Is it supporting our goals on the roadmap? Mm -hmm. And at different times, these different steps take on different weights. So you, you, you have to, there's a little bit of an art to that as well. But for, for a smaller company, I would say even more critical to stay focused on the roadmap and get the smaller stuff out of the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So a good chunk of our listeners are actually actively looking for work. Mm-hmm. Okay. And how would you suggest folks figure out if a company or group runs productively in an interview process? Mm-hmm. That's a great question. I never actually thought yeah. about how do you uncover whether a company is productive or not in the interview process. Mm-hmm. So let's unpack that a little bit. Let's brainstorm. Yeah. Questions that come to mind for me, if I were in the interviewee seat, yeah. I would ask, how do you know when someone is productive? Mm-hmm. Good question. How do you know when someone's not being productive? Mm-hmm. In today's world, let's ask that. How does that differ from being in the office and being virtual? Yep. Because mm-hmm. that's changing. That's also going to get with, with, which is one of my previous favorite interview questions, which is how do you know that I'm going to be successful in this? How would you, how would you measure success in this Mm -hmm. role? That would help. Maybe you'd look at, you know, how was the interview scheduled, right? How was that process? Was that a seamless (laughs) process? Did it seem to be organized or was it a real mess? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you, did you meet with the 700 people or, or six? Mm Mm-hmm. How many interviews did you have, right? How many times was it rescheduled? Did it start on time? Did it end on time? Right. Time is a big thing for me. It's a big value for me. Like if you're on time, you're late (laughs) in my mind. Well, and I think that that's a culture thing too. There's some companies Mm -hmm. that go, I'm running on company time. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. I'm running on Liz time and Liz time is on time. (laughs) Um, That's right. But I think also you can ask about processes that you know. So if you're an accountant or something like how, how do you reconcile at the end of the month? What does the process look like so that you can kind of gauge how mm-hmm. smoothly things run or ask people, you know, how much time do you spend in meetings in a given day? Like, is your meeting, is it all meetings? Is it two hours? Like, what does that look like? So ask people 
about their calendars mm-hmm. and what it looks like. Yeah, how full is your calendar? You know, since since we're on the topic of of calendar management, yeah. what are some suggestions for people around efficient calendaring? Uh, I'm actually writing an article about that right now, and mm. so one of the key areas um, for calendar is to use something called time blocking. If you guys talk about productivity, I'm sure you've heard this concept yep. before. It's how I got the book done, which is every day there's a time block on my calendar to, mm-hmm. to write and to work on the book. Yeah. So if you have an important goal, decide how long that how long it's going to take you to work on that goal and block time in your calendar. That's the only way it's going to get done. If it's a goal and it's a nice idea, if it's not actually scheduled, it's not going to get done. So get it scheduled on the calendar. That's that's one tip. Another tip I can give you is um, I actually like to color code my calendar Ooh. based on category or maybe it's goal or maybe it's some factor to, and it's all automatic, right? So if I type in a keyword, it colors it orange. If I type in a different keyword, it colors it blue, green. And so you can, I can visually look at a week and see where am I really spending my time mm. or better said, which I like to say, investing my time because okay. it really is a, an asset and a resource. Interesting. So what are your categories? Uh, my categories are client time, mm-hmm. writing and speaking time. Mm-hmm. I'm look, just looking at my calendar. I have, uh, there's a specific client that I have a larger client that has its own color. <laughs> um, I also have travel time, which shows up in the same color as my car. So I just aligned <laughs> it that way. I love that. So sometimes it's a 30 minute uh, travel. I can say I was actually in New York this week and I drove. So it's a four hour block on my calendar for travel. But if you're not blocking travel time, then that's another reason you may be oh, yeah. running late, right? Mm-hmm. You got to build that right in. Mm-hmm. So those are some of the categories. Oh, I also have a time for just block. Like Friday afternoons generally is just has a big block for me because I use that either for emergency situations or catch up or close out the week in a nice, mm-hmm. you know, tidy way so I can get into the weekend pretty clear. Friday awesome. afternoon is such a good time to review your week and, and mm-hmm. ask yourself things like, you know, how did, how did I do, right? Mm-hmm. Did, it, did I get the, the things that I wanted to get done? And if not, let me prioritize them for next week. That, that's one of the best yeah. ways to manage up that I know. I have yeah. a Twitter friend named Gary Olive who calls it follow-up Friday and he's in recruiting. So he literally uses Friday to follow up with all the loose ends, because in recruiting, you've got, you know, oh, so many details. Candidates yeah. and stuff. So we follow up Friday and he blocks it. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm in follow nice. up Friday. It's awesome. So we've been talking about productivity at work, but there's also personal productivity, right? And we're mm-hmm. always juggling work and life. And I know I'm like, I've got two kids and now they're at two different schools and I've got 75 activity things. And it's, you know, but I feel guilt, right? Because I didn't help bring the band towel, cold towels this week and stuff like that. So talk a little bit about that personal versus professional and prioritizing mm-hmm. both in terms of productivity and also in terms of letting go a little bit of that obligation feeling to bring mm-hmm. the cold towels to the band that is marching in 100 degree heat. Sure. Well, here's, uh, here's one thing I like to say, which is to eliminate your free time. Just eliminate your free time. 
So now I don't know if I quite got the reaction I expected there, but usually people are like free time. I'm not going to give up my free time. What are you talking about? That's that's my time. But yeah. don't we want to be as productive with our family and our friends as we do with in our work life? Um, and even work, by the way, that has some negative connotations, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, it it blends together, right? R- Richard Branson, the founder of Virgin, the Virgin Group, says uh, there is no work, there is no play, it's just living. So if we can think about even our off business time, evening mm-hmm. time, weekend time, as a time that can be thoughtfully used which means really that's what I mean by giving up your free time. Mm -hmm. Now, if a chunk of that is, hey, I just want to sit on the couch and relax in the afternoon, great, plan that and do it. Or if you feel like you need some spontaneous time, fantastic, do that too. But be more conscious about how you're going to use all that time. Does that get to your question, Liz? I, I think it there may does. have been another, another part. Well, it opened up a whole new category for me. So, so like, and I know this is a personal type A firstborn child in me, but mm-hmm. like, I'll have an open morning on a Saturday and then I'm like, ooh, but I could make muffins for the week. And ooh, this needs to be cleaned out. And, ooh, you know, all this stuff that I don't get to during the week because I'm working. And then all of a sudden I'm like, but I wanted to read. But I feel like I was productive because all those naggy things like the pantry that's nasty, like was done. So like I sacrificed self-care, which I know Kat would yell at me for any day of the week for productivity. But it's true. I mean, but I get mad at myself because I'm like, no, Mm -hmm. I should have sat on the couch and read. Yeah. Uh, So I think that, you know, free time versus not free time. It's like. I don't know. Here, React here's my, here's my thought on that, which is put your oxygen mask on first. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. we, I talked about the relationship hierarchy earlier. And uh, number one on my relationship hierarchy is me. Mm-hmm. Because, and I don't say that in a selfish way. It's, it may sound selfish. I nope. say it in a way because I know if I can take care of myself and get myself in the best condition and best emotional state, then I can take better care of others. Absolutely. If I don't take care of myself first, then I'm not going to take as good mm-hmm. a care. As- yeah. If you're, if you're empty and exhausted, that's not bringing your best self to the table, right? Right. Yeah. So yeah. block time for exercise, for meditation, mm-hmm. Absolutely. for a great morning routine, mm-hmm. for we- asking yourself great questions. Definitely mm-hmm. get that in your schedule too. Mm-hmm. Time block that, please. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, Liz, I think you're great at that, right? You're pretty disciplined there, but you know, I, I hear you on the taking, you know, the, the, the real downtime that might be fun to calendar and some of that and force yeah. yourself to do it. <laughs> it's an ongoing journey. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. And, and also it's a, it's a time in life thing, right? Like yep. if I didn't have the little people at home and stuff like, like mm-hmm. you want to make sure that everything is running smoothly. And so sometimes you got to do the yucky stuff. You know, I, I, I want to go back. We, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but I want to go back to saying no, mm-hmm. Don, how it is being selected when you take on, when, when you're taking on work, work, when you're working for someone else, like, how do you say no without negatively impacting your career. Yeah. Well, again, I I referenced this earlier. I think the most effective and most productive leaders are the ones that know exactly what their priority list Mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. And so when a new request comes in from your boss or your boss's boss or even a 
a client, you can look at that and together work on them, work with it together to decide where does this fit? It's, you know, let's bring it back to technology and software development. You can't deliver all the features in the first release. You need to prioritize. You need to decide based on time and money and effort and risk what's going to go in first and defer the other. So customer comes in with a new feature that they want in the software. Great. How does this fit in our priority list? Or can we get this in Uh phase two? Uh So I think that's where it really comes in. And here's my supposition is that your bosses will respect you even more Mm-hmm. when you can have that intelligent mm-hmm. conversation with them. Because mm-hmm. you know the old adage, if you want something done, give it to a busy person. Right. And, right. and I think that's true, but for a different reason than we all think. I think it's true. Many people think it's because they know how to get things done. They're busy and they produce and they can get things done. But I think they get things done because they can't say no and they say yes. And what we're probably not seeing on the other end of that is potential negative consequences of Mm -hmm. doing it all and And being being exhausted, right? Yeah. And I think that some people can take on more than others. Mm -hmm. Yes. And and that has been a huge learning in my life of like, Mm -hmm. oh, they're not lazy or lame just because they can quote only unquote handle X, Y, Z, and I can handle A, A, B, C, D, E, F, G. We're all different. And so knowing our limitations and when we have to say no to preserve ourselves is important too. Yeah, yeah. Well said. Just to to follow up, Don, on that question, from a kind of managing up perspective, would you recommend that folks say to their boss, hey, I want to acknowledge that this request came through. It doesn't fit with the three top priorities that, that we've discussed do you think that I should move one of those priorities and do this instead? Like to help, to have your boss help you make that decision. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. Have an open discussion Mm -hmm. about it. And you can only do that if you're really clear on your priority list. Right. And it's it's the people that aren't that are going to have a more difficult time. And they're probably going to say yes, because the boss is asking. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, what's interesting about the word priority. I just recently learned this, that the word priority was always singular. Mm. until Ah. about a hundred years ago. (laughs) And then it became plural priorities, right? That's interesting. That is pretty mm -hmm. fascinating actually. Yeah. So it's funny because I think that you need to know what you can and can't do also. Like I've talked to people about certain roles. They're like, yeah, we want you to put together all our programs and all our this and all of that. And we want you to recruit 50 people by the end of the year. I'm like, hell no, can't do it. It's it's and, not that it's yeah it's not that you couldn't do it if it wasn't a reasonable workload, but sure. um, you know hiring fifty quality hires is one job alone. Oh, at least totally. with maybe some support. Right. So I do think that there's a no that is hard to say, especially mm-hmm. in the interviewing world. But even in the you're up for promotion or when you're like my plate is full or. I know this space enough to know that you're not asking something that's reasonable and I'm going to fail. And so talk a little bit about the setting yourself up for success without the negative consequences or without looking like you're the person who, you know, 
won't say yes to things, et cetera. Always says no. Sure. Again, that gets back to the relationship. Yeah. One thing to one thing to keep in mind though is I talk about a number of cognitive biases in the book that we have that get in the way of us making effective decisions. Mm -hmm. And one of them is called the planning fallacy. And the planning fallacy says that we think we can get more done than we actually can. (laughs) Maybe in this case, Liz, it's the boss thinks you can get more done than you actually can. Or they don't know your space. Right. Yeah, or they or they don't know the space. Or sure. or you're just too much of an optimist when it comes to time, which is a category that I sometimes fall into. Yeah, exactly. Well, many of us are. That's mm-hmm. the whole idea of the uh-huh. planning fallacy. There's good news and bad news with it. The the bad news is that even when we're aware of the planning fallacy, we still overestimate mm-hmm. what we can do. So yeah. the good news though is if you have someone else look at it, they can usually have an objective view of how long something will take. So maybe in this situation, Liz, we could apply that and say, okay, Mr. Boss, could we get someone else to help us look at this to see, to get another view on how big this really is? Maybe let's bring in an expert for that or a colleague or, mm-hmm. or someone else that can be objective. Mm-hmm. Cool. That's a, that's, that's a good idea. So how about your advice on, say you're working on a team that's not operating productively, what would you recommend folks do to help kind of move things along? So we're talking about a team uh-huh. productivity now versus uh-huh. personal productivity. Uh-huh. So I, I would come back to the basics first, which is, uh, are they 100% clear on where they're headed uh-huh. as a team and what the goal is and what uh-huh. the uh, what the reason behind the goal is? What's the compelling reason? The compelling why, us? yes, yes. Yeah, and then also... What are their agreements to work together? So when I work with a team, Mm -hmm. I like to establish what I call team agreements or guiding principles. Mm -hmm. And it's effectively how they are holding each other accountable to accomplish the goal. And the best performing teams are the ones that hold each other accountable. Not necessarily the ones where the boss always holds them accountable. Mm -hmm. So I would start there. And address that, and then we can get into the individual productivity of each team member. Mm. So it's just, it's really the work that's done at the beginning in -hmm. order to not be like, oh my God, this, uh, this meeting again, this team, you know, we are Mm -hmm. on the hamster wheel, like to set it up in the beginning so that you don't get on the hamster wheel. Mm -hmm. That's really the key. Build build a strong foundation. So, so if someone is an independent contributor on a team, Mm-hmm. And this front end work isn't being done, right? Isn't being led optimally. Mm-hmm. They can jump in and ask questions that will help get to get to priorities and roles and agreements, right? Yeah. There's there's a way to do that. And that's probably a smart thing to do if it's a team where there isn't enough, there isn't a, a leader who's doing that. There, mm-hmm. I think there's a way to do that that isn't obnoxious, right? If you yes. ask, if you that's, ask that's gentle clever. questions, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What if, what if we, so I think the scenario you're setting up is you're waiting for incoming work that's not getting done. Mm-hmm. And what if we had a belief that everyone uh, does the best they possibly can with the resources they have available? Mm-hmm. Then we can start to ask ourselves a different question like, well, what may be getting in their way of getting mm-hmm. this done? How can I help them get this done? Who else mm-hmm. can help them get this done? And not, uh, confrontational or Mm -hmm. contentious. 
Well, and I think that if you're on a team that's kind of gone sideways or on a hamster wheel, whatever analogy you want to work, to go to the stakeholder, if you mm-hmm. are an individual contributor, to go to the stakeholder and say, hey, stakeholder, this is your team. You know, I see this, we're, we've lost productivity. You know, here's some ideas I have or, you know, and so kind of call it out and maybe set up a meeting. I know you no more meetings on the calendar, but like set up a meeting to discuss it in a quiet way so that it's Mm -hmm. not in front of everybody. Nobody's on the spot, but it's a brainstorming session to get back on track with the real goal of getting it on track. Praise publicly, correct privately. That is, that's, that is the way to lead. Amen. So we've talked about technology a little bit, but talk to us about some technologies that you recommend that will help people with the productivity beside their calendar. I mean, I think calendar is king or queen, but what are some other good productivity tools that you recommend for either individuals to keep themselves organized or for teams to stay? On well, the there's page? so many, so many great productivity so tools many. out there, but I'll, uh-huh. I'll share some of the ones that I use mm-hmm. that are effective for me. So for action tracking, I use a tool called Trello. Mm -hmm. So it's a cloud-based tool, shows up on my phone, on my computer. It has the paradigm of uh, boards. And then with each board, there are lists. And then within each list, there are cards. So my list may be phone calls. Mm -hmm. And then each card within that list is who I need to call or what I need to call with their phone number. So it's click, click, and mm-hmm. and it's done. Another tool I use is Microsoft OneNote. So that's where I take all my notes. So I'm a pretty fast typist, reasonably fast. And mm-hmm. so I can take notes electronically. That's how I prefer to mm-hmm. take them. Mm-hmm. And OneNote has a great paradigm of like a notebook, right? Mm-hmm. So you have section, you have... Um, notebooks and then with each notebook you have sections and with each section you have pages Mm -hmm. and so it's a really nice easy way to organize your notes and all referenceable Mm -hmm. what other tools uh those are the top of mind ones any other categories that come to mind i probably have a tool on it if teams like so if we're all on a team and we've got a group project so um slack of course is Mm -hmm. is uh, one of the leading tools there here's what i'm uncovering with with my clients is Mm -hmm. they're getting as lost in slack as they do in email i think it's worse email is almost easier to stay keep on track of right and but and the same rules apply yeah. We just need to get it. And I have a whole chapter in the book about email, as, right. as you know. So what we need to do is stop checking email. Mm-hmm. Because when we check, first of all, we like to check email because it's a dopamine hit. Yep. And right. we like that immediate satisfaction, the same thing we may get with eating or drugs or mm-hmm. other activities. So Social we media need posts. To, <laughs> right. Like exactly. <laughs> same. That's the same exact yep. feeling. So we like to do it, but when we do it, we're not fully resolving the request for our time because every one of those emails is a little small request for your time. That's the way you want to mm-hmm. think about it. Mm-hmm. So if we can get into the process of processing email instead of checking it with a dedicated dedicated times, then I think the same thing has to happen in Slack as well. 
And there's some cultural things going on there as well. Like if you see someone that is active on Slack, then you expect an immediate response from them. Mm-hmm. Well, we we need to gain some back to team agreements. Like my team, my coaching team, we have agreements on uh, how email is used, when it's used, what the response time is. If you need someone to take action, it looks like this. If you don't need a reply, mm-hmm. it looks like this. To very simple guidelines. It's not rocket science, yeah. mm-hmm. but I think we need the same thing around Slack. And, and so there are lots of those collaborative tools, teams. Mm-hmm. We use also something called Workplace, which is similar to Facebook. It's actually owned by Facebook. That's another uh, collaboration tool. They're all really the same that you need to make some decisions on how to process. And mm-hmm. any other categories you can think of? Yeah, I think there's lots of stuff out there like Miro and, you know, whiteboards and there's lots Mm -hmm. of collaboration tools out there. You mentioned a lot of the good ones, but again, like something like Slack, you can go down the rabbit hole there in a big way and get overwhelmed by it. Mm -hmm. And so calendar, I think you can calendar Slack time or set yourself as a way. So, you know, that little green dot says I'm available to you and maybe you turn the green dot on at certain times and then you turn it off mm-hmm. at other times. So yeah. turning off some of these tools in order to focus is a really yeah. Powerful oh, so here's tool. a big here's a big thing Liz, I'm so glad you brought that up, mm-hmm. which is please, I'm not addressing them to your for your listeners. Yes. Turn off all your notifications. Right? You don't need them. No. Because no one I don't need to be notified that I have an email. I oh assure you. Yeah. I have an email. I really don't even need to be notified. I have a text because I can go back there and look at it as well. And if someone really needs to get me and it's that urgent, they'll figure it out. Right. Notifications and email notifications and uh, that will allow you to focus. Yeah, that's huge. Here's an interesting thing. Can I share this with you? It's so exciting. This this, uh, piece of research I ran across, which is around interruptions. Mm. An interruption as low as three seconds will double your error rate when you go back to what you were doing before the interruption. Wow. And if you increase it to just four seconds, it triples the error rate. Wow. So we don't want to be interrupted. It just doesn't Mm -hmm. work. And I would say this year, I mean, as my family just walked in the door because my kid came home from school, like we've been interrupted a zillion times throughout Mm -hmm. the day. Like, Mm-hmm. we're constantly being interrupted because everything got blended. And hopefully, at least for those of us with kids at home, they're going to go back to school and at least we'll have some uninterrupted time. But we're, I mean, our world is so on demand that mm-hmm. we're constantly being interrupted. So imagine all the mistakes that have been made because of that. It's kind of overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think that's a great tip. Just you know, eliminating notifications will mm-hmm. definitely eliminate some distraction, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you don't need it. Mm-hmm. You really don't. Well, Don, I feel like we could learn from you all day. Uh, this is a blast. Let's <laughs> yeah, uh, we we probably could keep going. Could, absolutely. So, will you please tell our listeners where they can find you, and and to you know, so plug away. Yeah. So if you'd like to uh, pre-order the book, or maybe by the time this goes live, we'll, we'll be in order mode is go to when to say yes.com and the pre-order links will be there. And, uh, or you can reach right out to me at donquery.com. 
And I can spell that if you think it will help. Or, yeah, please do. Just... Yeah, so D-O-N, that's the easy part. Corey's <laughs> a little bit unique. K-H-O-U-R-I dot, dot com, doncorey.com. That's the best way for people to get a hold of me. And I welcome it. Love, I love this space. I love to dialogue about it. Wonderful. Great. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Don. We uh, we really enjoyed talking with you. You guys are a delight. Thank you so much. I love your questions and love your smiles. And it's uh, just been fun. Thank you. It's been great talking to you. Thanks for joining us. This is Real Job Talk, the podcast with practical advice for mid-career professionals. Our website with all Real Job Talk related information is realjobtalk.com. We'd love to hear from you. Please send us your questions, topics you'd like to talk about, and Real Job Talk stories. And you may find them featured on a future episode. Use the website or email us at realjobtalk at gmail.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Real Job Talk. And on Facebook and Instagram at Real Job Talk Show. My name is Kathleen Nelson Troyer. You can find me on Twitter at Daily Cat. And on LinkedIn, I'm Kathleen Nelson Troyer. And I'm Liz Bronson. On Twitter, I'm Liz B. Consult. And on LinkedIn, I'm Liz Bronson. Real Job Talk is produced by John Mark Troyer. Our graphic artists are Lexi and Zachary Bronson. And thanks for joining us. Until next time. <laughs>